Good evening and happy Easter, Bills Mafia. As it is Easter Sunday here, April 9th, 2023. Had a great day of sports. Masters just finished up with John Rahm taking the title there. NBA playoffs are set. The bracket is all set to go for the playing tournament to begin on Tuesday. We've got some NHL games going on. The Sabres are still in it. I don't think it's going to happen anymore, but big win yesterday for the Sabres. And, of course, we have baseball going on. I saw Aaron Judge hit two home runs today. So, like I said last week, this is a great time of year for sports, as that's where we will fade the music out. Hope everyone had a great Easter celebrating with your family, friends, doing whatever you guys had to do. I had a very nice day. I was going to take my post-Easter dinner nap. I was in a bit of a food coma there. But the Masters were on, and isn't that just Easter? You finish your dinner, and then the Masters are on from Augusta, and it's just so green, and it looks so nice, and you have Jim Nance calling it, and I mean, really, that could put you to sleep, but something about the Masters. like I, I'm not that big of a golf guy. I got into golf a lot more last year. I would always go to the driving range just to see how far I could hit, but last year, I had more time, so I actually golfed. And I usually don't watch that much. I definitely play more golf than I watch. But again, it's the Masters. So uh, I was doing that in between getting ready for the show. And here we are. As like I said, it is April 9th. And we are just a couple of weeks away from the NFL draft. So in terms of tonight's show, what are we going to be talking about? Well, obviously the NFL draft, right? So the title of tonight's show is, are the Bills going to trade back or should they trade back because I wrote an article about that this week and I think that is a very interesting topic and I'm going to open the show up per usual and we're just going to get into it we're going to discuss about whether the bill should actually trade back or not because it's interesting I saw a report that the bills want to trade up now now that was from uh Dov Clayman I think so I don't know if that was true or not but I just don't see that happening. The Bills only have six draft picks this year. So if anything, I think they're going to trade back. But that's what we're here for, right? We're going to discuss. It's going to be a fun time. So again, I'm going to open up the show. As soon as I get done with my opening here, Zach is going to come on and and share his thoughts about what the Bills should do in regards to trading back or not. And then we're going to get into specific players and positions that they can target. And Bryce Martino is going to come on for that. So it'll be us three again tonight, getting you guys ready for the NFL draft and want to get you guys in here as much as we can. So, you know, you guys are the other co-anchor tonight, as always. Um, I saw some people were in here commenting about the Sabres, maybe the Masters, maybe I didn't see that. Before I get into it, real quick, I did see last week that we had some Knicks fans in here. Do we have any NBA fans in here? Because I obviously don't want to talk about the NBA too much. But, again, the playoffs are set. The bracket is set. My Knicks are going to Cleveland. I'm thinking about making the trip to Cleveland. Do we have any Knicks fans in here or just NBA fans in general? I'm very curious before we get into uh, all this draft talk. So I'm going to keep the comments on I'm going to see what you guys have to say about that. But, um, you know, before we get into the draft, okay, there we go. Let's go Knicks, baby. David Stevens, my man. Um, Oh, Terrence, another one. Look at that. Two for two. 
not too often do you see too many Knicks fans in here. While I wait for more comments about the Knicks or just NBA in general, I do want to open up by saying that, you know, tying this back into Easter and the dinner and being with family and taking that post-dinner nap, getting in that food coma, as soon as I was thinking about dozing off, aside from the Masters, the one main stipulation that I had where I couldn't fall asleep is the news that broke, and that is Odell Beckham Jr. is going to Baltimore. So what do we think about that? Because this was a hot topic last offseason. It was a hot topic during the season, and it was a hot topic this offseason. And you know what? I'm glad that he's not coming to Buffalo. And I want to be careful with how I say that because I have remained true to what I've been saying right along that. Do I think Odell would be nice? Yes. I think if you can get a talent like Odell, that's obviously a boost. And last year, when Rev was hosting the Writers Club, I was on as a contributor, a guest, whatever. And I remember having the same conversation. And I told Rev, I said, you know what? I would love Odell here, but what's the cost going to be? How much are we going to have to to pay Odell? Because if he wants loads of money, I think we, he has to do that elsewhere. And last year over the summer, I was under the impression that the Bills wide receiver room really wasn't that bad because I'm thinking, okay, you have, excuse me, you have Stefan Diggs, you have Gabe Davis, who's supposed to be a breakout wide receiver too. They just signed Jamison Crowder. They're expecting big things out of Isaiah McKenzie. They drafted Khalil Shakir. What do we have with Isaiah Hodgins? They have Jay Kumaro. And then once the season unraveled, I was like, hmm, this wide receiver room is probably a lot more thin than a lot of us were giving them credit for. So I was like, man, it would be really nice if we had Odell right now. So then as the season was winding down and then we got into the offseason, I was like, okay, maybe we should go to Odell. But then the other main thing was, this guy is coming off of an ACL tear and he has an injury history. He's not the same Odell that he used to be with the Giants. So you couple that with the fact that he wanted a lot of money. And then Odell came back and said, hey, according to a source, the source is me. I'm not asking for that much. I just don't want to be underpaid. And I can't remember what price he put on it, but it was somewhere around. It was in single digits in terms of millions. Like, I don't want to get paid five or six million. I want to get paid. Like I'm Odell Beckham Jr., but I understand that I'm coming off of an injury. But now the Ravens just gave him a one-year deal that can be worth up to $18 million with $15 million guaranteed. And I don't know the specific numbers, but I believe his base salary is 1.1. So that's really not that bad. But then he has a huge signing bonus of 13 something million dollars. So at the end of the day, when you're paying him 15 or yeah, $15 million guaranteed up to 18 million no thanks i'll go get someone else and the bills did i mean i really highly doubt that the bills are going to be signing anyone else in free agency here they already got deontay hardy they already got trent sherfield now they have to draft someone because that is the focus now and we are definitely going to get into that tonight but yeah i just wanted to open up with that because odell going to baltimore was a, a bit of a shock for me he had that visit scheduled with the jets tomorrow and the Ravens said hey Here's some money. You don't have to go to the Meadowlands again. Just come to Baltimore. And he was like, okay, you're going to give me some money? Let's go, baby. So I think that instantly boosts Baltimore. 
And now this is curious because I wonder what happens with Lamar. Does that entice Lamar to want to come back to Baltimore anymore? And remember, if Lamar does get traded, the Ravens get two first-round picks. So either way, I don't want to say this is a win-win for Baltimore, but I don't think they're in as rough of a spot as maybe we were giving them credit for because it looked like they were going down pretty far. I know I was listening to Chopin the Bulldog when they're in their, um, their power rankings, and they had Baltimore pretty low, and I agree. I don't think Baltimore is that great, but I also don't think that they're that bad, and I think that Odell definitely helps because – this is a team that pretty much was refusing to get Lamar help with the wide receivers. And they were playing like it was the 1970s smash mouth football. Let's just load up on defensive backs and defensive ends. And we'll go trade for Roquan Smith. And we're going to have Mark Andrews be our tight or yeah, he's going to be our tight end one and our wide receiver one. And we're just going to stock up on running backs. And they just had no one in the wide receiver room. They traded away Marquise Hollywood Brown. And then they're left with a bunch of youngsters. So I was definitely surprised. And if I'm a Ravens fan, I'm definitely happy, but I'm also cautious just because, again, he's coming off that injury. And again, that's a lot of money. I'm not sure what the Ravens cap situation was. Um, but again, overall, I think that was a good deal for the Ravens. Okay. Now, before we get into the bills here, just to round this up, we got a let's go Yankees in here. Let's go Raptors. I, I can't get down with the Raptors. I was, I jumped on the wagon, not going to lie. The Knicks weren't in it. And when Kawhi was there, that, that was a fun time. So I definitely jumped on the wagon for a little bit. I had this weird relationship with Toronto where I'm like, well, they're technically the closest city to us, so I can root for the Raptors, but I hate the Maple Leafs. Blue Jays, you know, maybe because they're close. The Bisons, they were here during COVID. But being a Yankees fan, I can't really root for them. So if I had to go with one Toronto team, it would have to be the Raptors. So, um, yeah, they're in the plan, I think, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Big Knicks fan. Let's go, baby. Double A. And then Dave with the blue and the orange. So, okay. Now. Getting into the NFL draft here and what the Bills are going to do. Again, we are talking about whether the Bills should or should not trade back. Because I think that this is a year where, I don't want to say they have to, but I think it would make a lot of sense for this team to trade back. Especially because we're, we are all in agreement that they could use a linebacker, right? Maybe they are really happy with Terrell Dodson or Terrell Bernard or Balen Spector, but I, I just cannot see them going into the season with those three platooning at middle linebacker to replace Tremaine Edmonds. So I think they have to draft one. Do they have to do it with their first pick? No, but if it's there, then I'm all for it because I'm, I'm going to spoil it right now. And hopefully you read the article, so maybe it's not too much of a spoil, but I'm a big Jack Campbell guy. So I think if he's there, you take him. But that's the thing. Do you take him at 27 or do you trade back? So before we get into whether they should do that or not, I just kind of want to give a general overview here. So in the article, I was saying how last year I wrote an article about how they could trade up in the draft. This year, I'm writing one, or I did write one, on how they can trade back. 
So the main difference between last year and this year is the amount of holes on the Bills roster. Because going into last year's draft, the only position that really needed to be addressed was cornerback. Because Brandon Bean did such a good job of filling as many holes as he could in free agency that aside from finding their CB2, they could really draft the best player available every single round. And maybe you could say a pass-catching speed back like James Cook was a need, but really that was more of a want. I mean, this was a team where we were saying, hey, this team is so set that you can draft a punter in round four if you want to. And I know maybe not everyone was, but there are a lot of people that were saying, hey, if Matt Arise is there in round four, let's take him because this team is so complete. That won't hurt us, right? We'll just finish the rest of the draft by being smart. But if we have to reach for a punter, we have the ability to because this roster is so complete. And now this year, again, given the cap situation, it's a bit of a different tune where I really see it as the Bills have six positions that still need to get addressed. And like I said, they only have six draft picks right now. So in my opinion, the Bills need, this is in no particular order, but there's probably some order to it because when I was thinking about it, like you naturally think of what you want to like, oh, middle linebacker, that should go first. But either way, middle linebacker, wide receiver, offensive tackle, defensive tackle, defensive end, and tight end. Now, again, that's my opinion. Maybe you guys defer a little bit. Maybe there is another position that I didn't list. I know some people want to get a safety. I don't think that the Bills need a safety right now because given those positions, I don't see a safety fitting into this draft. Unless they trade back and create more capital and assets, yeah, then you can get a safety. But if you want to go best player available, that's going to be a tough template to follow when your draft is so limited right now. So just to talk about some of these positions here real quick, I talked about middle linebacker and how you have to fill the, the shoes from Tremaine Edmonds, but wide receiver. This is probably the second biggest area behind that middle linebacker because finding a potential wide receiver too to take over for Gabe Davis is crucial here. And the fact that the Bills only have five wide receivers penciled in on their depth chart. So aside from Gabe Davis, they need help now, not only in the future, but also now. And you just want to give Josh as many weapons as possible, because we talked about that last week, how the last first round pick that Josh Allen played with on offense was Kelvin Benjamin, and he was a 2014 first round pick by Carolina. So I'm not saying that you have to reach for a wide receiver in round one, just so Kelvin Benjamin's name isn't, you know, clouding over this franchise. But I would like to see them draft a wide receiver before Saturday, at least, because some of the, the stats and the facts that I was reading off last week where Zay Jones was the last wide receiver that the Bills drafted before day three. And this is a team where they typically draft defense first, and then they round out their draft by taking offensive players on day three. But again, the problem with that is those guys aren't necessarily going to make your roster. That's more just for depth and competition. And you, like I said, you just want to round out your draft, fill your roster. And if they make it great, but then if they don't, it's like, well, he's only a six round pick. So we can just put him on the practice squad. But again, if you have Isaiah Hodgins where he doesn't have room to fit on your roster, but you have a team like the giants who can afford to put him on their roster and depth chart. And then look what happens there. Again, that's just one small sample size, but 
it's a pretty good example where I think a lot of us, I know I would love to have Isaiah Hodgins right now. So yeah, wide receiver, that is a must for me. Tight end, that's another position that could use an upgrade. Um, again, this is no specific order, but I just figured in terms of getting those pass catchers for Josh and getting more weapons, finding a tight end two is their position that could use an upgrade because the Bills have acted like they've been wanting to run two tight end sets pretty much since 2019-2020. I mean, going back to Tyler Croft, Jacob Hollister, O.J. Howard, most recently Quentin Morris, and they just have never been successful at it. And then you couple that with Ken Dorsey not even really knowing how to utilize Dawson Knox to his full potential this year, and it's just like, hmm, how are they going to do this with two tight ends now? But I think you can look at that and say, well, maybe they didn't have the personnel. Maybe Dorsey wasn't comfortable enough to use Quentin Morris in that regard. And as you'll see, I'm going to plug this right now. We have our mock draft round four coming out tomorrow on Buffalo Fanatics right here. So I have someone in mind. I don't want to spoil it yet, but I think the best way to go about this is by finding someone who does the opposite of Dawson Knox, because we talked about that a few weeks ago, finding the best complimentary piece to James Cook and Naheem Hines is finding a running back who does but the, he is that power back that we were waiting for. So I think you have to do the same thing with the tight end room where Dawson Knox is your pass catcher. Go get a run blocker. Go get someone who can help just pass protect, or you can put him on the line and he can be used for chipping, something that the Bills didn't do a lot of last year. So we're up to three positions right now, middle linebacker, wide receiver, tight end, and then moving over to the lines, right tackle is another position that needs some work as the only player who the Bills signed to give Spencer Brown some competition was David Questenberry. And I think we can all agree that's not a permanent solution. And I'm really not going to be confident if we roll into training camp and then the regular season with those same two right tackles this year. And again, I'll say this right now. I think the Bills are still very high on Spencer Brown because he didn't have that full offseason last year to totally recover from that injury and he was a step behind so I think they're going to give him the benefit of the doubt and I think he can still get better because he did show some promise as a rookie and he had some some nice moments last year in his sophomore season as well but I think you need more stability because let's say Spencer Brown comes out and he is just playing amazing but then he goes down with an injury are we just going to roll with David Questenberry for the rest of the year and into the playoffs and hopefully the AFC Championship game in Super Bowl? Nothing against David Questenberry, but he's going to be 33 in August, and he had a 59.4 PFF grade last year and allowed four sacks and 396 snaps. So the point that I'm trying to make is you need a little bit more out there. So this is another position where the Bills typically don't draft too early. I've seen a lot of people talking about Matthew Bergeron from Syracuse, maybe like a day two pick. I could be down for that, but I just want to put it out there right now. Let's not get our hopes up for an offensive lineman too early because they have never drafted an interior offensive lineman before day three under the McBean era, and they've only drafted three tackles since 2017 before day three. 
So I could see that being more of a Saturday pick. But the point is they need some more help out there. And switching over to the defensive line here, we'll start with defensive tackle. This is a position where the Bills have pretty much filled, where they have eight defensive tackles under contract. But that's the key word right there. They have eight defensive tackles under contract for this year. They are all free agents at this time next year. Well, probably a month ago because they would make some moves by this point next year. But you know what I mean? So after... 2023 they do not have one single dt under contract so i think that is again definitely another position that you're going to want to address and try to rebuild and restore that pipeline and then defensive end i talked about this last week and i you know i know a lot of heads are going to roll here but the bills could really draft a defensive end because they haven't re-signed shaq lawson zach has been talking about melvin ingram and Bryce and I, too, because, I mean, I think Melvin Ingram would be a very nice piece here is that veteran pass rusher until Vaughn comes back. But they haven't done anything yet. So does that mean they want to draft another edge rusher? They can. I'm not going to get on them too much, but I am going to be pretty, I guess, annoyed would be the word. I'd be very skeptical if they draft one early. I saw a mock draft where they could trade up to 20 and draft nolan smith and i was like come on are you kidding me that cannot be the move so again if you want to do that maybe friday but probably saturday sure because that is one of the six positions that i listed i just think it's not as pressing as a middle linebacker or a wide receiver so yeah i mean those are the six positions that i see needing an upgrade middle linebacker wide receiver tight end tackle defensive tackle, and defensive end. So what picks do the Bills have? Like I said, they currently have six draft picks, and, well, that's pretty easy math to do, six draft picks with six needs. They're going to have their work cut out for them. So in case you guys don't know or maybe you did and it's not memorized because who memorizes every single pick, I'm just going to read them off here. They currently own a pick in every single round up until round seven. And the only reason why they have that fifth round pick is because somehow Brandon Bean was able to get that fifth round pick for Cody Ford. So thank God for that. But in terms of the specifics here, so round one, pick 27. Round two, pick 59. Round three, the 91st overall pick. Round four, pick 130. Round five, pick 137. Again, that's from Arizona. So that's why it's almost back-to-back with 130, 137. And then they go on a break for a little bit, and their last draft pick, as of right now, is in round six, pick 205. So again, no seventh-round pick. So again, the more I think about it, the more I think trading back makes sense for the Bills because, first of all, they would get more assets to help complete this roster because if they have six positions that they need to address – and they only have six picks right now. Again, judging by that math, you would say, hmm, well, if we get a couple more picks to play around with, that would do better for us because, like I said in the article, if they're trying to use their best player available template, then they don't have to potentially reach and say, well, the best player available is a safety right now, but we need that tackle a little bit more. So let's reach and grab this guy instead of that safety. So If you make one of these potential trades that I'm going to get to in a few minutes here, 
I'm thinking you would get three picks back, maybe two, because you would at least get that second round pick, right? So you would swap your 27th overall pick for the teams, let's just say 36, 37, because those are the ones that I used. I'm thinking that the other team would at least give you another pick, if not two. So if they gave you three total picks, the bills would be up to eight total draft picks. And then you could say, oh, now we have a little bit of flexibility to move around. And if that best player available happens to be a safety or a cornerback or a position that I haven't mentioned yet, we can take him and then we can worry about finding that tackle later on in day three or that defensive tackle or a tight end. So I think that's the first reason why they want to do it. Now, you know, it could work out where the best player available every single round covers all six of those positions. And again, those are my positions. Maybe the Bills have different positions that are highlighted. But that would be pretty nice if, oh, best player available round one, middle linebacker. Let's take that. Best player available round two, wide receiver. And it just keeps working like that. But again, that's just very risky. So I think you want to get some more assets back to help out in that regard. But the main reason why I think that the Bills could and should trade back is to stay true to their board. Now, again, like I said earlier, I think we're all under the impression that they could use a middle linebacker. And whether that's Jack Campbell, Drew Sanders, or Trenton Simpson, all these guys have second-round grades. Now, I've seen, oddly enough, Trenton Simpson has been rising to where he could be a top-20 pick. I still don't know about that. But then on the flip side, Jack Campbell has been falling to where he could be a third-round pick. And again, I, I don't want to read into that too much because I think he is still one of, if not the best linebackers in this class. It just all depends on what the team wants and what they're looking for. Personally, what I want for the Bills, I think Campbell is the best fit, like I like I already mentioned. So um, if they are looking for that tight end and – or excuse me, tight end <laughs> – I was looking at that on my sheet. If they're looking for that middle linebacker and they say, well, you know what? We want to stay true to our board. We don't want to reach and take Jack Campbell at 27 just because we need a linebacker because that's not what we do. Brandon Bean always finds the correct value for the correct pick. So that's where I'm thinking they could trade back eight to 10 spots, get some assets in return. And then that's where you could take a Jack Campbell or a Drew Sanders or Maybe it's Trenton Simpson. So that's how I see it. I definitely see this being an option for the Bills. But now the question is where to trade back to. So the first question you have to answer is, who do you want to trade with and what would be the value in return? And the first thing that you want to look for is which team has the most picks and might want to trade a couple of them in order to move up. So as it currently stands right now, there are 10 teams who have 10 or more picks. I was kind of surprised when I saw that. I was like, really? I didn't realize that so many teams had so many picks. But those teams are Chicago, Green Bay, Houston, Kansas City, the Rams, the Raiders, the Patriots, the Giants, the Seahawks, and the 49ers. So after that, you narrow it down to the spot that you want to trade down to. And since the Bills would want to move down enough to get some good assets in return, but not too far to the point where their guy would be gone, I'm thinking that the sweet spot is somewhere between 35 and 45. 
So that would leave us with the Rams picking at 36, the Seahawks at 37, the Raiders at 38, and then the Packers at 45. I think the Packers, that could be a little bit too far down. Again, if Campbell really is falling to the third round, I would be shocked. So I'm thinking that you don't want to wait around and, and play this game and say, well, we'll just keep trading around like we did last year with James Cook, and then luckily they got James Cook. This is more of a pressing need where you say, you know what? We already traded once. We're going to take them right now. So that's why I scrapped Green Bay from this. I also scrapped the Raiders just because they are an in-conference team, and they were a little bit further back, not by much, but the two teams that I narrowed it down to were the Rams and the Seahawks. So let me pull up my my uh, couple of trade proposals here. So I, I I think the Seahawks make more sense because they are in less of a rebuild mode than the Rams right now, where both teams have a lot of picks. And as much as Les Snead and the Rams have said F those picks, I think they're going to actually covet those picks for once and say, wow, we actually need to draft for once. I could be wrong, as we'll get to with my second trade proposal, but here is what I have coming to Buffalo. Again, this is all in the article if you guys want to reference it, but I have the Seahawks getting pick 27 for second round pick, the 37th overall pick, the 83rd overall pick, which happens to be in the third round, and then a fifth round pick, which is pick 154. So again, the Seahawks are in more of a win now mode where they might be willing to part with some of their picks in order to speed that process up because I think they were even a little bit surprised that Geno Smith did as well as he did. They gave him that big three-year contract extension. Maybe they draft someone like an Anthony Richardson who can sit behind Geno, but if they are giving him a three-year contract extension, I'm, I'm thinking that they like Geno for at least the next couple of years here. So if you have 10 picks to play with, they might say, you know what? We'll get rid of two of them. And this is a win-win for both sides where we're helping you, you're helping us. It's out of conference. And on top of it, the Seahawks already have two first-round picks thanks to Russell Wilson. So this would give them three first-round picks. And the Bills would really be helping Seattle here. And if they're all in this year with Geno with three first-round picks, I think this would be a no-brainer. But the thing is, I'm just not sure if they would have the same value on players because remember last year and pretty much any year, but really last last year, I remember the story coming out where there weren't a lot of players with first-round grades, at least from Brandon Bean's perspective. So if John Schneider looks at that and says, well, you know what? I think we're going to stay put because I'm not sure if we can find three players that are truly first-round grades that could actually fit our system. So that might be the one stipulation holding it up. But again, if you look at it from that perspective and say, you're helping us, we're helping you, you can have three first-round picks. We're going to have eight total picks now, and we're going to fall back into that sweet spot to draft our guy, whether it's Jack Campbell or Drew Sanders or Trenton Simpson or maybe someone else. But I'm I'm really liking this trade offer. Now, if they don't want to go with Seattle or if Seattle rejects it, Again, I think the Rams could be another option here. And as much as I said that the Rams might want to covet those picks, this could be 
a little bit of both where they get the best of both worlds because the Rams don't have a first round pick as of right now. So they have a lot of day three picks. So they might want to get rid of some of those picks to acquire a first round pick instead of getting rid of a first round pick. They could get rid of some of their fifth, sixth and seventh round picks to get a first round pick. And that can entice them and say, you know what? We only have a second and two thirds right now. No fourth, no first. Yeah, we can we can shut off a couple of our late day three picks and and give them to you guys. We'll help you out. You help us out. We'll get a first round pick. So this is the package that I came up with where, again, the Rams don't have too much to play with. And I don't think that they're a team that really wants to play around right now and say, yeah, we'll just give our third round picks and, you know, F those picks. I think they're finally going to be smart about it. But as of right now, they have three fifth round picks, three sixth round picks and two sevenths. So I think you can get one of each really stockpile on day three and obviously get that 36 pick there. And hopefully Jack Campbell is going to be there. And then again, you would be helping them out. They get the 27th pick and all is well. And the Bills already have a relationship with the Rams because they have their 2019 second round pick in Taylor Rapp and their 2019 fifth round pick in David Edwards. So maybe it can continue with the draft here. But if they were to pull off a trade like this, this would make total sense from the point of view of what I was saying, how the Bills usually don't draft offensive line too early. If you stockpile some of these Saturday picks, that just screams offensive line and defensive line where the Bills might look at that and say, ooh, baby, they could be licking their chops and say, we're going to go heavy offensive line now that we have a plethora of picks to play around with. So that is how I see it. Those are the two trades that I proposed in the article. And I'm going to bring Zach on in a few minutes to talk about this. And I see we have a bunch of comments. I got I to gotta get to those too. But again, I think this is a very interesting discussion to be had here. Now, before I do bring Zach on, I just want to talk about who the Bills should draft for as much as we're saying trade back and stay true to your board and which linebacker should it be. So let's talk about some of those linebackers. And for all we know, they could be totally targeting a different position where, you know, I saw that that report that says the Bills trade up for an offensive weapon or maybe an offensive lineman. So this is all just spitballing here. But I'm thinking if I were the GM, I'm looking at a middle linebacker here. So that's why I'm thinking it's Jack Campbell, because Sean McDermott has always had a big stud Mike linebacker in the middle of his defense. And that is exactly what Campbell is. He's 6'5", 249 pounds, played four years at Iowa, and we know how McDermott and Bean love those tough, gritty-nosed football players. And he brings size and physicality that McDermott's former linebackers, Luke Keekley and Tremaine Edmonds, also had. And oddly enough, Campbell has been training this offseason with Luke Keekley. So in terms of what Campbell brings... He is described as more of a run-stuffing downhill linebacker. But he is also great in coverage, specifically in zone, like the Bills play. So he might not have that athleticism that Drew Sanders and Trenton Simpson have, but he makes up for it with his instincts and his intelligence as he has a nose for the football. So he could be a step behind, but he's so smart that he knows where to be and when to be there. And according to Joe Marino, formerly of the Draft Network, he quoted, or I quoted him, he had a quote that said, 
His coverage reps in 2022 were excellent, showcasing a strong understanding of spacing, squeezing routes, and eye discipline. Not to mention he can also play special teams and has great leadership qualities. Again, that screams McDermott. And one of my favorite parts about Campbell's scouting report is that due to those good instincts, he won't get eaten up by his blockers. And that's something that Tremaine Edmonds often struggled with and something that we often talked about as Bills fans. So according to Marino, Campbell, quote, does well to stack and shed blocks while playing off contact. So, I mean, that right there just kind of was the cherry on top for me where it's like, okay, this is a guy to replace Tremaine Edmonds where he could be that big middle linebacker, but also not get eaten up by his blocks. And if you guys have been keeping up with our mock drafts, someone that I have mocked to the Bills and Yeston Harris also is in love with this guy. He's going to have a scouting report coming out on him later this week. But Siaka Ika from Baylor, where he is a big space eater, big defensive tackle, nose tackle. He was 357 pounds, shut off 20 pounds. So he's about 337 right now. But they're saying that he has uncommon athleticism for his size and just raw strength. And the thing that I love about him is that it said that he can take on those blockers and clean the lanes for the linebackers. So I was like, wow, you put both of these together here. If you have a big nose tackle who can clear up that space for your linebacker, I mean, this is Ika and uh, not Tremaine Edmonds. This is Ika and Jack Campbell. So that is the dynamic duo that I'm kind of hoping for here with the Bills. So, okay. Maybe it's not Jack Campbell because I know a lot of people, maybe they don't like Jack Campbell or they just like Drew Sanders or Trenton Simpson better. So in terms of what those guys do, I'm going to start with Simpson because he is more that Swiss army knife as he has experience on not only linebacker, but also safety and on the edge. Clemson just pretty much lined him up everywhere where he was pretty much like that Mark Micah Parsons of the defense, giving given that versatility and athleticism. So as great as it would be to have this type of a hybrid player, I just don't think he matches the Bills scheme with what they want to do because, yeah, maybe if you put him with Matt Milano, the Bills want to play positionless football sometimes, especially in terms of their linebackers. But with McDermott taking over the defense, let's not forget, he's taken over the defense this year. And if you trace it back to his days in Carolina, again, he had Luke Keekley and then Tremaine Edmonds, who a lot of people said he was supposed to be the next Luke Keekley. Whether he lived up to that hype, that's really not for us to determine anymore. He's often in um, Chicago, so you know we wouldn't really be able to make that big of, a, of an assessment on his career thus far. But that's not our problem anymore to worry about. But I think that McDermott, is a Jack Campbell guy. Like it just seems to make too much sense, but they could really like Trenton Simpson given that versatility. Maybe they want to do some different things on defense. Maybe they want to play more of a four, three now with Leslie Frazier out of the mix. Maybe they want to take Taron Johnson off the field, put a third linebacker out there. You get Trenton Simpson, and then you can put Terrell Dodson in the middle or Terrell Bernard, and you have positionless football. Maybe I, I just don't see it as much. Now, Drew Sanders is more comparable to Campbell in that he's projected to be a middle linebacker in the NFL. So he was actually recruited to Alabama as an edge rusher where he played for two seasons, but then he transferred to Arkansas following his sophomore season 
And it was the Razorbacks who converted him to an off-ball linebacker. And he had a great junior season, compiling 103 total tackles, 13 and a half tackles for a loss, and 10 and a half sacks. However, Sanders is a bit undersized to be an inside linebacker at the NFL level. He is listed at 6'4", 235, so that's just a little bit more than Matt Milano. And, you know, size doesn't necessarily matter. But again, I just think that the Bills want that big Mike linebacker in the middle because something that stuck out to me while reading it was Kyle Krabs's analysis on the Draft Network. He said, quote, his size as an interior stack linebacker could present leverage challenges to stay under blockers who climb up into his lap. And that is something that I just mentioned that the Bills are trying to improve upon where Edmonds was getting eaten up by those blockers. And if you're thinking that Jack Campbell, given his size and his instincts, will not get eaten up by them, especially if you draft that nose tackle, like an, a player like Ika, then I don't know if Drew Sanders is really the fit. And in addition, he is very raw playing the Mike role. He's only been there on the inside for one year. And the Bills aren't in a, a spot right now where they can say, oh, go ahead, take your time. We can develop you. We, we can just use Terrell Dodson. I mean, no, the, the Bills window is right now. We've talked about this before. The window was always open with Josh Allen, but it is fully open for the next two years. After that, you're going to have to do some maneuvering here in order to get your roster in shape when you have guys like Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, Von Miller, maybe Gabe Davis. All these guys will probably be gone. Josh Allen will be 29 years old. Diggs will be past 30 years old. So this window is two years, and as great of a talent as Drew Sanders is and as, as great of a, 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 a prospect as he is, I just don't know if the Bills are going to want to have time to develop him where, again, I just think Jack Campbell is ready to come in here day one and fill those shoes that Tremaine Edmonds left. I could be wrong. What do I know, right? But <laughs> that's the way I see it. Um, I'm curious to see what you guys have to say. I see we have over 100 comments, so I'm going to get to those. I'm also going to bring Zach on here. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much how I rounded out the article, just saying that I think the Bills are going to stay true to their board. And maybe, again, I already said this, but just to reiterate, maybe they don't go for a middle linebacker first. Maybe because the best player available, they take an offensive tackle or they take a wide receiver or a tight end. I mean – that was something that I heard Sal Capaccio say on WGR weeks ago, that what if they want to draft someone like a Darnell Washington, if they really want to play more of a two tight end set, they want to get more help for Josh Allen in terms of pass protection. Well, maybe you kill two birds with one stone and you get Darnell right. And even if you don't want to take him at 27, maybe they trade back in and take Darnell right. Or they were, um, they're supposed to visit with, did I say Darnell Wright? I meant Darnell Washington, but Darnell Wright is another guy that the Bills have been apparently interested in. So one of the two Darnells, I mean, maybe they could be in Buffalo for as much as we're talking about a middle linebacker. So with that, uh, I'm going to bring Zach on it, see what he thinks about the two Darnells, the two middle linebackers, the one Swiss Army knife and everything else in between. So I promise I'm going to get to your comments now. Zach, the floor is yours. And, uh, man, we're almost 45 minutes in, so happy to have you on here. Thank goodness. Ah. <laughs> hey, I can mute you at any time. Just, just remember yeah. that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> true. Um, 
as for what you were talking about at the top, whether or not the Bills should trade down or trade back, I mean, if you can get a good good enough value for the 27th pick and still be able to get in position <laughs> to uh, get the guy you'd like, then yeah, go for it. Get a couple extra picks, a couple more cheap contracts on the books for the next four to five years. Um, but the question, the question is though, it's like if Jack Campbell is the guy you want and there's, you don't know whether he'll be available in the second round. Like I think somebody in the comments mentioned earlier that Pittsburgh might be interested in him, and they have the first pick in the second round and also another pick before the bills in the second round. So I think that if Jack Campbell is their guy, you might just want to consider taking him at 27 and just leaving it at that. Yeah, and and that's the the tough problem here where do you want to potentially reach? Because that was the main point that I was trying to get at it is it it all comes down to Brandon Bean's board and how much he wants to play around with it. And this is a year where as much as you want to play around and potentially get some assets in return to help the rest of your draft and help the rest of your team, you don't want to play around too much when you have these pressing needs and say, well, we'll just try to trade out, trade back, get a couple of picks, and hopefully Campbell will be there. Well, what if he's not there? You know, what if you run into a team like Kansas City who jumped the Bills last year because they knew that they wanted to take a cornerback? So, like you said, if he's there at 27, Maybe you just take them and say, you know what? We're just going to have to knock the, re- the rest of this draft out of the park and really hit on all these picks. Yeah, like basically, like you said, just take the guy you want when you know you can get him. Or if you trade down, just make sure that you can are still in a position to get him. But that's not guaranteed. But as for... In terms of your needs that you listed, I think the the question is though is like are which ones are immediate needs and which ones are long term needs? Because you listed six positions, but I think only two of them are really immediate needs, and that would be middle linebacker and wide receiver. Actually, I would agree. Wide receiver is a little iffy too. Like you can find any you can find talented wide receivers in any draft class. So I don't think you have to bend over backwards to get one day one or two. Now, what do you think about tight ends? Because we're going to save this for when Bryce comes on a little bit later in terms of the specifics. But how do you view my assessment of the tight end room and potentially getting that tight end two to pair with Dawson Knox? I think that, again, if... Bean is truly interested in best player available and the best player ends up being a tight end, not necessarily at 27 because I feel like that'd be a bit too high, especially for considering uh, the bill's current roster and the fact that they're now invested significant capital money into Dawson Knox. But this is a pretty deep tight end class. So it would be, nice if the bills could at one way or another at some point get a tight end this year that being said the type of tight end we get i think it would be more likely they draft a blocking tight end to replace tommy sweeney 
than anything else because they like having that skill set. But that wouldn't be until day three. Yeah, so I think we'll we'll cap it off there for now because, like I said, we're we're gonna save this more for the back half of the show. But getting back to the article here, what do you think about trading back in general? Like, let's put Jack Campbell aside, Drew Sanders aside, and let's just put the positions aside. What do you think about the Bills trading back this year? Because we talked about them trading up last year, and with that report that they want to trade up this year, I know that probably excites some people, but based on their roster and how it is right now and the current draft picks, how do you feel about that? I think I pretty much already answered that when I said, if you can trade down and still get the guys you want, or if you have enough guys on the list where you feel comfortable trading down, for your second option, then go ahead and do that. Get a couple more cheap contracts on the books. But I don't think you necessarily have to trade down this year. I don't think you necessarily have to trade do anything this year besides, you know, making the picks you got. But what do you think about potentially getting more picks back and more assets? Like when I was saying how the way I see it, Maybe I should start with this. How many positions do you see being in need right now for the Bills? Like whether that means a need this year or for the future or a little bit of both. Like how many positions do you think just need an upgrade in general? So as I just said a little earlier, pressing needs only two positions, linebacker, wide receiver. And again, wide receiver is sort of one of those where I don't even, I think it's even saying, being relative, saying wide receivers are pressing need. I think most of it's just overreaction to the last game of the season. But as for but I mean, long term like, needs. Yeah, like everything, think, everything together between like pressing right now, but just as a whole. Long term needs, I could, I could see offensive tackle center because Mitch Morse isn't getting any younger and we don't know how much longer he can go, especially if he gets another concussion or how many more concussions he can sustain before he's forced to retire. Um, offensive guard. I think they kind of took care of that in free agency, but if you happen to like get into position on day three to take Andrew Voorhees, I would like him as a stash option. But, um, also, edge rusher could be a long-term need. Not could be. It It will be a long-term need because Epinesa is in the final year of his rookie deal. Basham's entering the final year next year. They still need to figure that out behind Groot and Vaughn. And I still think that even with signing Taylor Rapp, I still think safety is a long-term need. But I don't necessarily think it's a significant need where you have to use a day one or two pick this year. So I, I apologize if maybe I asked the same question twice. Is Kevin listening? Yes, I was listening, but I was also trying to catch up on the comments. So I had one eye here, one ear there. So um apologize if you repeated any of that. But I'm glad you brought up the Andrew Voorhees point because I was thinking about that too. I was going through a mock draft today, and there was a trade back option that I accepted. And I was able to get another pick and Andrew Voorhees fell to the bills right there. And I was like, 
that's another option where if you trade back and the Bills go from six draft picks right now to potentially having eight or nine, like you said, you could stash them away. Guy coming off of a torn ACL and you want more help on your offensive line. Well, the Bills patched it up this year. There, there we go again with the word patching, but three of those four guards are on one-year deals. So you could get an Andrew Voorhees and he'll be ready to take over for someone like, like Butker or David Edwards next year. Yeah, I, I think that's, again, that's the big appeal with Voorhees is the fact that everyone thinks he entered this offseason, the draft process, in a, as I think he had, was pegged as a day two pick, and then he got injured. Didn't he get injured at the combine, but he still had, like, a really good bench rep, bench press? Or some, something happened where he got injured at the combine, and that, obviously meant that his draft stock fell because he's not going to be yeah he tore his ACL thanks Bryce um he tore his ACL so he will miss his rookie year and that's why even though the Bills did sign David Edwards they have Ryan Bates and they signed Connor McGovern too I I obviously I would view Voorhees as more of a luxury pick if anything I don't think they actually will draft him or that he'll fall to the point where they could take him in the fourth round, maybe somebody takes them just slightly earlier down than where they are. But I mean, it would be it would be nice to do that and get some get a long term depth option slash somebody who could come back when healthy and compete for a starting job. Should Bates or McGovern underwhelm, but. I don't think it happens. It would be nice though. Yeah. Yeah, it would be. So I have a couple questions for you here. One, how do you assess the value here between the rounds? Like, do, do you do it the way I do it where I sometimes segment the draft and say, you know what? I think the bills could go after a defensive tackle and a wide receiver between rounds two and three. Because that's how I'm looking at it, where I think you get a linebacker in round one, uh, and then maybe I'm liking some wide receivers and defensive tackles on Friday, where if you don't get that wide receiver and you say, oh, well, I really like Keanu Benton, or I really like Mozzie Smith if he's there, we're going to take him with the 59th overall pick. But then maybe we could go get a wide receiver on day three. So I try to do it best player available within reason where I try to like segment it, where I try to assess the value of different rounds. So like for me, I see there being value in a wide receiver and a defensive tackle in rounds two and three. Do you see it that way? Or are you just strictly however the board falls? I, I would say it really depends on the strength and the quality of depth in the draft class, like defensive tackle. I think that has a better value in round two or three, and then it kind of drops off where it would probably be best if the Bills are going to address defensive tackle this year, your probably best bet is second or third round. Like if you could get Ika or Gervin Dexter or one of those guys or Keanu Benton, that would probably be the best time to address that position. Wide receiver, 
I don't think it's necessarily as concrete as saying, oh, you should take one and date, take one second round, third round. Because, like I said, you can find quality receivers throughout the draft board any given year. And there are a couple interesting prospects who may end up falling into the fourth round. Now, part two of that question is, how do you feel about going hard on a certain position? Because I've seen some people say, I don't care. Do whatever it has to take to protect Josh Allen. Take three offensive linemen for all I care. So are, are you on board for that where you're saying, you know what? I don't care. Build up this line to do whatever it takes to protect Josh. Or are you kind of more in the middle and say, well, no, we still need that linebacker. We still need a wide receiver before just finding a scrap on, on Saturday at four o'clock. I think that if the board falls away where offensive line is the best player available a couple times this year for the bills draft class, then by all means go for it. I think it just depends on whether or not you address linebacker wide receiver. Again, like I said, you don't necessarily have to specifically take one in a certain round because you can find quality wide receiver prospects throughout the draft. So maybe offensive line is something you consider day two, day early day three. Well, John here says edge round one, and that's something where John is probably in the minority, but you know, I'm here for it, but like, I'm not here for it in terms of like, I, I think the bill should do it. But I like hearing different opinions because for as much as we're talking about linebacker, wide receiver, tackle, it's interesting to hear someone say that they need an edge because, again, I mean, that's a position that we were talking about where I might as well throw it back to you now. I already mentioned him, but do you think there's still a shot that they could get Melvin Ingram? Or or is this just better to maybe draft that edge rusher regardless of what round it is? Or maybe a UDFA? I mean, maybe you probably want someone more than just an undrafted free agent. If you're really going to pair him with Greg Rousseau until Vaughn comes back, I think you're going to want to get someone with some stature. So, again, if they don't sign anyone, maybe John is right in saying that maybe they're not going to go round one, but maybe this could be a position that's going to be a little bit higher than some other people are expecting because someone's got to hold that fort down. Unless A.J. Epinesa or Boogie Basham – Basham has been saying how this is a make-or-break year for him. He's going to tear it up this year. If Basham comes out and he's tearing it up, maybe you could pair him with Rousseau, and then you need someone to, to pair with A.J. Epinesa. But regardless, you need someone to hold the fort down, and I don't think it can just be a late day three pick or uh, undrafted for agent. So, I mean, this could really be something a position that gets addressed earlier than a lot of fans are expecting so to your point about the question about edge specifically melvin ingram the date to watch for with that would be may 3rd because may 3rd that's when the compensatory formula closes so that any signing that happens after that doesn't count for or against a team. So like right now, how the bills are in place to get a third round pick for Tremaine Edmonds. If Melvin Ingram remains unsigned through May 3rd, they can just, <laughs> they can just uh, sign him and be on their merry way 
And I mean, obviously I think that if they don't draft an edge rusher, I think that's how they're going to go. They're just going to sign a free agent who's out there, bring him in to compete in camp, maybe as additional depth. They could still bring back Shaq Lawson. He's still out there. I would still say I'd like to see Melvin Ingram because he's a really good pass rusher. And as for in the draft, though, I also wouldn't be surprised if they drafted an edge rusher. Would I be a bit disappointed? Yeah, because I still think that you have more pressing issues to attend to. I would probably be upset if they did draft an edge rusher at 27. I would definitely be upset if they traded up for an edge rusher as who was it? Chad Reuter put out there. (laughs) I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Trade up for Nolan Smith at 20. I mean, like I imagine the fan base, if that happens, (laughs) I wouldn't be against the player. No, but it would be a fine pick. Just the whole principle of trading up when you only have six picks to begin with and you're not trading up for a big weapon for Josh, you're trading up for another edge rusher, a position that I don't want to say they failed at drafting, but it's been pretty underwhelming over the last few years. Yeah, like I said, Nolan Smith, the player, he would be nice. He would be nice to have. Just don't trade up for him. Like, I don't think I'd be too happy, especially if you had to give up. I think, I think they said that the trade mock trade up was like the Bills' third rounder or something. But especially if you had to give up more significant draft capital to move up to get him, I wouldn't like that. But I, I still think that the Bills have more pressing needs to attend to early. And here's a very good point right here. Growing legit says, I hate edge rusher talk after spending all that money on Vaughn. So that's where the word capital comes in because he's right. That's a lot of money that you spent on the position and a lot of capital in terms of those draft picks too, where I just think that that would be a tough selling point to say, oh, we're just going to spend another high pick on an edge rusher, even though We've drafted Greg Rousseau round one. We drafted AJ Epinesa round two, and that was really the first pick for the Bills that year. Then they went back-to-back with Boogie Basham, and then they spent $120 million on Vaughn. Like you said, there's more pressing needs right now. I understand best player available, but again, it's all within reason. Now, going back to what you're saying about the uh, compensatory compensatory formula, um, I'm glad you brought that up with the May 3rd thing because that's interesting because they could just rely on that and say, yeah, we don't need to draft one, but are they confident that the guy that they would want post May 3rd would be there? Like, would Melvin Ingram still be there or will Shaq Lawson still be there? Maybe. But we know how Bean operates, where he wants to fill as many holes as he can in free agency and then the draft, where if he didn't fill it in free agency, he didn't fill it in the draft, it just seems very unbean-like to not do anything until after May 3rd. Yeah, like, obviously, Bean's going to be 
in contact with players if they have any more free agent targets. They'll be talking. There's still plenty of time until the draft for deals to get done. The difference here is, though, is that like Melvin Ingram, if he's all for a one-year, $1.77 million deal, go ahead and sign him right away. Don't wait till May. May 3rd, they could sign him to whatever type of money that he would actually want, which over the last couple of years, he signed one-year, $4 million deals. So that's what that's the whole point of me saying May 3rd. Like Melvin Ingram's still out there. Obviously, either he hasn't had the interest or the money wasn't where he thought it should be. So there's a reason he's still out there. There's a reason Shaq Lawson's still out there. There's a reason Justin Houston's still out there. All, and I can keep listing guys. But ultimately, it really just... We'll find out soon enough. Either the Bills are going to draft one or they're going to sign one. Maybe they do both because you end up... Because, you know, you have a preseason roster to fill up. But I still... I don't think that the Bills should spend significant draft capital day one or day two on edge rusher if they're going to draft one yeah i'm gonna go back to what you said earlier and that the two pressing needs as of right now linebacker and wide receiver and like we said there are other needs when you look for yeah you could make a case for this year but also for the future as well like with the tight end too that would be for this year and really maybe not for the future. Well, it would be for the future because you would have him and Knox under contract. Uh, defensive tackle, that'd be more for the future. But yeah, in terms of right now, linebacker and wide receiver. With that, I'm going to bring Bryce on so we can get into more of the specific players here. As Bryce joins us now on the BF Writers Club. Bryce, how you doing? <laughs> Doing pretty good. Glad to be here. How about you? Or should I say Evan 2.0? Yeah, Evan 2.0, Harry Potter, whatever you want to call me. I've been called everything on this on this show well, the last I'll, couple of years. I'll call you Bryce. <laughs> All right, I'll call that's you fine, Bryce. too. I'll answer to well, anything. All right, Bryce. So before we get into like the specific players here, where are you at with what I was saying about trading back? And I think you're a Jack Campbell guy, right? So, first of all, do you think that the Bills should trade back? And then second of all, who should they trade back for and what position? So, I guess really three questions. But just uh, give us your general overview here about what you think the Bills should do in just a couple of weeks. Yeah, so, you know, obviously you guys mentioned it earlier and we've mentioned it on a bunch of shows. The Bills have a lot of needs to fill this uh, during draft this year. So if say someone like a Jack Campbell or an offensive lineman or whatever, whoever they like isn't available, then I could see a trade back, but you know, only if that player is gone, cause I don't see them just trading back for the fun of it. You know, if Jack Campbell or Trenton Simpson, Drew Sample, whoever is still, you know, available, I don't see them, you know, making that move, but, it would be nice in mid runs to have that, you know, another couple picks with how many positions we need to fill. Cause you know, there's still tackled DN D tackle, whatever you want to list. So do you say that you positions to fill? 
you do not see them making one of those trades. Maybe not the one that I propose, but do, do you just yeah. not think that that's going to be on the radar? I don't think so. It would have to be for the right price, though, because I don't see him just doing it for the hell of it. You know, just saying shit, just, you know, give us a third or fourth round pick. We'll do it no matter what the cost is. I don't want that to happen at all. Now, Zach, I'm not sure if we necessarily talked about this. So, I mean, this is more for both of you guys. But the way I put it in the article and then with the opening here on tonight's show that I'm thinking that the sweet spot for Jack Campbell is 35 to 45, but really I would say 35 to 40. Where do you guys see Campbell or maybe even Sanders, but do you see that as a similar number where again, you don't want to trade back too far, but you want to trade back enough where you can get some in return. But you know, I'm, I'm just very perplexed when I see Jack Campbell's falling down to 75 now. I mean, that's way too far, right? Yeah, who the heck is mocking Jack Campbell to go into the third round? That seems I've ridiculous. seen a I've seen a couple different sites where it's saying that he's gonna fall and Trenton Simpson is rising up to potentially twenty now. I mean, I guess anything can happen. I don't see it. I think that he ends up going anywhere from I'm only saying twenty seven because the Bills are there to like early mid second round. Like I it's hard not to take him that early because he's a he's a plug and play player. He's ready. He's polished. He can plug him into your starting lineup. Can go right away. And that's what you. That's ultimately what you want in a first round pick is you want an immediate impact player. That's another reason why I wouldn't have a problem with them taking him at twenty seven, even if it is a little high for his range. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a good point because they're only four picks away from the second round. So how much of a reach would it really be? Where I saw another mock where they're saying that the Patriots could take him at 14. And I think that would be a reach. Like if the Bills did that, and then it's like, okay, that's a reach. You should trade back. But if the Bills decide not to trade back and take him at 27, is it a reach? Maybe, according to some analysts. But it all comes back to Brandon Bean's board. And regardless... If that's a need, and if he's ready to come in day one, you just fulfilled that need. You didn't get more assets to help later on in the draft, but you filled a big hole right there. Yeah, I mean, I've also seen, you know, people in uh, Buffalo Fanatics Instagram come and say, Jack Campbell's falling to, you know, the late rounds. He's not going first round like everyone expects, and he's going to be a bust. I don't see that happening. I think that's a bit of a, you know, a bit of a reach. Because if you've seen his film, he's put up, you know, good production, good stats, good everything. He's been, you know, he's made all ACC team or I think, yeah, I think all ACC twice now in his career. So I, he's, it's not like he's some trash player. Yeah, so... Now that we're getting into the specific players here, I mean, we talked about Jack Campbell, but I want to talk more about these two guys here, Drew Sanders and Trenton Simpson. And I talked about their athleticism and their versatility. And that's not to say that Jack Campbell is not athletic or versatile. It's just that these guys have more of those traits. So again, a two-part question here. What do you think of these two players? 
And how do you see them potentially fitting into the Bills? Bryce, I'll let you go first here. Yeah, I'm, I'll start with uh, Trenton Simpson. I, you know, we we mentioned last week that he has, you know, he's pretty raw and he's going to need some time to develop, which I don't think is a terrible thing from, you know, our linebacker, whoever we draft at 27, just because, you know, we saw how well it worked with Tremaine Edmonds. We saw how well it worked with some of these other players that, you know, being drafts and uh, molds. So it's not going to be that huge of an issue. But yeah, once once he's on his A game, Trenton Simpson is probably the best linebacker in this draft. And that's coming from a huge Jack Campbell fan. Zach, what do you think about those guys? I think I think it's would be it's nice would be nice to have someone who's like an athletic freak at the position. Like I know people have been, I think I've heard that people compare Trenton Simpson to like Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa. It would be nice to have someone with the athleticism to play and the versatility to play all over the defense. But at the same time, sometimes you just need a linebacker to be a linebacker, like to have that defined role. And I think when you already have Matt Milano as the off ball linebacker, you don't, you just need a traditional Mike, especially when that's McDermott's scheme and his philosophy. And he wants that role. And Jack Campbell just fits that role to a T drew Sanders. I think he'd be more, closer to what the bills would want that of the two players him and simpson but he he's also a bit inexperienced at the position too i think he had just converted from edge rusher to middle linebacker if i'm not mistaking recently and like last year was his first real year playing at the position i mean it would also be nice to be able to utilize him on the pass rush but I just think that Shaq Campbell just fits what they need at this point. And one more thing I'd like to point out about Trent Simpson too is, you know, now with Sean McDermott taking more control of the defense, I could see him, you know, falling in love with Trenton Simpson just because of his versatility, you know, playing linebacker. And I think he can play some safety too. So if, if, uh, McDermott really wants to take over this defense and mold it into his own. Trenton Simpson has to be the pick. And going off of those points here, the way I see it, if, if the Bills were to draft either Sanders or Simpson, to me it feels like that shows that they want to be that dynamic offense where the only way to beat us is if you throw a bunch of touchdowns on us. Because the Bills want to play where they go up 21 nothing on you. And you cannot run the ball anymore. So if they draft a Drew Sanders or a Trenton Simpson, it just seems like that shows that they think that they can beat this dynamic team and Josh Allen can just throw all over the teams and say, okay, now you are forced to throw the ball. You can't run. And that's why we're not going to take a run-stuffing middle linebacker because we're just so confident that we're going to be up by so many points that we're going to take them out of running situations and we're going to have better athletes to couple with Matt Milano, whether it's Trenton Simpson or Drew Sanders. So if McDermott's taking over, 
it just seems like Jack Campbell is the guy because that would be very risky saying, oh, we're just so confident that we're going to go up by so many points that the other teams aren't going to want to run on us as much. So I, I would think that Jack Campbell would be it, the, the player looking at it in that regard. And here's the thing. If you take him with your first pick, you're also not doing anything to help Josh Allen get those three touchdowns. You're not giving him more weapons to get out to that big lead. So how would that logic even work? Because Josh Allen is Josh Allen, and he'll find a way to make plays no matter who he has out there. Either that True, or but that... throw a pick at the end of the game. <laughs> yeah, and that's and that was where it came back to bite them last year, where they said Josh Allen is Josh Allen, so he's going to figure it out. And you don't get him the correct help that he needs. I mean, that could be their downfall. So I'm just trying to look at it from different points of view here, where if they go all in on the defense and say, Josh Allen is fine. We don't need to get him more help. Let's just go get these athletic linebackers. And, you know, now we can play some dime with Taylor Rapp. And now we can play some more 4-3. We're going to sprinkle, sprinkle in Terrell Bernard. We're going to put Terrell Dodson in. Now we're going to draft Drew Sanders. Just looking at it from different points of view where it makes you think a little bit more. A little bit. It does make you think a little bit. I would also, again, counter by saying that just because you draft a wide receiver round one doesn't automatically mean that. No, that Walter, that mentality isn't why they're losing. No, no, I think it is. I mean, it's it's not not totally. That's a big, that's a big part of it though. It's Josh is still going to do that. Even if you gave him Justin Jefferson, Stefan Diggs, Tyreek Hill, and a Derek giant Henry. Fantasy. Yeah. Even if you gave him Derek Henry D hop, he'll but still, you're not making it any easier on him when you're not giving him the weapons. He's even still going to want the ball in his hands. He'll still do that. He's the one getting the ball in his hands. He's the one who's going to continue doing that stuff. He will, it's but not to the same though. extreme because sure look at it that? last year. I mean, he had Dable, and yeah, you could say, well, he's an offensive coordinator. He's not on the field with him, but he was able to dial him back and say, use the weapons around you. And now, again, small sample size with Dorsey. Can they still grow and improve? Yes, but they both have that quarterback mentality where they say, we're just going to go throw it all over you guys because they just get in that mode where it seems like like last year there were just too many points where – Dorsey needed someone to calm him down so he could calm Josh down. So it was just 0 for 2 right there. And then you see Josh play that cowboy ball where if you get more weapons and and coaching around him, he won't feel the need to do that as much. Yeah, I agree. Josh Allen is Josh Allen. He's still going to do his thing. But if you surround him with more talent, he's not going to feel as much pressure to have to do it all by himself. Now, while I do agree with you there, you know, say it's coming down to the final play of the game, do you think he's going to trust himself or someone like Derrick Henry, Justin Jefferson, someone like that more than him? Well, I mean, it's different how you ask, because if it's Derrick Henry, that'd probably be a handoff. Justin Jefferson, Josh would still have the ball in his hand. So I think he would, you know, be able to trust Justin Jefferson to go up and make the catch where he's still going to have the ability to to do things like, are are we saying Josh taking off and running 
or Josh trying to fit balls in tight windows? Like what, what kind of angle are we taking this here? I'm taking it, Josh, uh, taking it off and hurdling or trucking somebody. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that would stop a little bit. I mean, we're still going to – we're good for at least one truck or hurdle a year, right? Like, that's not going to stop. But I don't think we're going to see as many attempts if you have a Justin Jefferson or a Derrick Henry because then Josh is going to get smart enough and say, hey, I'm starting to get up there a little bit in age. I don't need to do it all myself anymore. And, and really, not to get too off topic here, because this could be a great topic for the summer, but I think that's Josh Allen's biggest thing that he needs to work on this year. Like last year, the big thing with Josh was that he needed to work on leading his receivers to get yards after the catch. And it's like, man, this guy is so polished. What else can he improve upon? And it's like, well, he could lead them to better spots where they can get 10 more yards after the catch instead of getting tackled right away. And now we see... Going into this season, I would say the biggest problem that Josh has to correct moving forward is that he needs to learn that he doesn't have to do it all by himself. As great as he is, he he has teammates for a reason. That The other thing to this, too, is that you can find playmakers in any round. You don't have to draft a wide receiver in the first round just for the sake of drafting a wide receiver in the first round. Oh, yeah, I agree. Well, that being said, I want to talk about some wide receivers. So, Bryce, you wrote an article where you highlighted some potential wide receivers that the Bills could draft. Why don't, why don't you tell us about some of those guys, and we'll get into it. Yeah, so first off, I want to mention uh, Quentin Johnston from TCU. Big, big wide receiver like we're looking for. Fast, runs like a 4-3 something, I think. Um, you know, exactly what Buffalo uh, fans have been looking for all offseason from DeAndre Hopkins to, you know, Odell. Um, the only issue I have with him is uh, his drop issues, which – Fans have gotten on Gabe Davis and Isaiah McKenzie for. We all know that. But, you know, give him time. Let him polish a little bit. And I think he can be a really, really great uh, wide receiver, too. Um, another one I would like to mention is uh, Zay Flowers from, <coughs> excuse me, from Boston College. He's another one I like. Probably would be in the uh, first round. Not as big. He's only 5'9", 182 pounds, but he still has that same uh, big play uh, ability that, you know, most of these wide receivers have in this draft. <clears throat> uh, he finished the season with 1,077 yards and 12 touchdowns on 78 receptions. So I, th I think, um, you know, down the road after Stefan Diggs leaves, we can have him as our wide receiver one and be completely fine with it. No worries at all. Oh, well, I'm glad you mentioned with uh, Quentin Johnston about the drops because, you know, I, I was looking at someone like a Cedric Tillman. You guys have probably heard me talk about him in the past on here. And the thing with Cedric Tillman is kind of similar with Quentin Johnston that they are those big bodied receivers go up, make the contested catch. And 
Tillman, I haven't seen that he drops passes. They're saying that's the thing with Quentin Johnson, right? That he can't necessarily hang on to the ball. But if you couple those two guys together, the one knock on Cedric Tillman is that he has a limited route tree. So if we're trying to find an improved version of Gabe Davis, if the Bills cannot resign Gabe Davis, what do we think about Quentin Johnston or Cedric Tillman knowing that both of those guys do, at least in college, what Gabe Davis did last year, drop the ball and run limited routes. Now, yeah, you can improve his route tree if you teach him how to do it. Maybe you can teach Quentin Johnson how to hang on to the ball better. But for as much as we're saying, oh, draft a wide receiver, get Gabe Davis's replacement, I think you have to be very cautious because what if you just get a Gabe Davis 2.0 where it's pretty much the same thing, but you just get two years or three years younger? I think if you get a Gabe Davis 2.0 and let him redshirt this year for all intents and purposes or have a limited role and improve on the drafts, that could be a good thing. Like Gabe Davis is not a bad wide receiver too. It's just he needs to drop less passes. That's really the only issue. That's the only reason people went from considering him to be an all-pro caliber player to, oh, he's a bum, we need to let him walk next year. It's because he dropped passes. That's really it. And every receiver drops a few here or there. He just happened to drop a few more than people would like. But the one thing that I'll say about that, though, is if you're saying that he can sit behind Diggs and Davis this year, whoever that rookie is at the Bills draft, the Bills essentially did that with Gabe Davis, where they slow played him. And then this year, when he was supposed to take over as wide receiver too, was when he was underwhelming. Like he looked very promising in that backseat role. And then this year he had statistically his best year, but from what was expected of him, arguably his worst year. From expectation standpoint, it was not his best year, but it was his best year statistically. He He is who everyone originally thought he was. He's not going to be a wide receiver one. We know that. He's a solid wide receiver two. It's just people are down on him because they overreacted to his Chiefs playoff game and thought he was going to be an all pro for some reason. I feel threatened here. <laughs> you caught on to that. <laughs> I did. You said it twice. I did say it twice. <laughs> But my the difference, in my opinion, between Johnston and uh, Gabe Davis is Johnston's uh, route running ability because he can play uh, effective against both zone and man coverages. He showed it, you know, throughout his entire collegiate career. <clears throat> so let me put it back. Let me ask the question this way now. For as much as we're talking about the Bills trading back, and my article last week was was about the Bills are setting themselves up to draft defense. If Quentin Johnson is there at twenty seven, do you take him? No, because I don't think he's going to be a first round pick. I I would love to see him more in the second, probably second round at our pick. Would you take Quentin Johnson at twenty seven, Zach? I don't know enough about him to really make an informed opinion about him. But if 
the Bills feel strongly enough about his potential that they feel it warrants the 27th pick, then go for it. Yeah, I mean, I think I would have to agree with you because I don't know as much as the Bills scouting department does. He seems very intriguing. I would definitely be down for it, but I would just need to look into it a little bit more because those drops are a big concern. And especially if you're also looking for that linebacker and you have the ability to potentially trade back. If you, if you have a team calling you and saying like, hey, if you want to trade back, we'll trade up to 27. And knowing that you could go back to, let's just use the trade that I proposed with the Seahawks. Let's say that the Seahawks are willing to make that trade and you decline it and say, now nah, we're just going to take Quentin Johnson. We'll worry about a linebacker. I don't know. I, I think I would have to go with that trade with Seattle because I think this wide receiver class is deeper than the linebacker class, where there's a drop off after the top three or four linebackers where you could probably get a wide receiver on day two. And I wouldn't really hate a wide receiver pick on day two, but I feel like, you know, this year I would, I like to see someone maybe on the offensive line, a tackler guard instead of wide receiver round two. Cause you know, the wide receiver draft is deep in my opinion this year. You can get someone kind of in mid rounds or, you know, third or fourth. Now, let me throw it back to you, Bryce, because you talked about Zay Flowers. What do you like about him? Because let me just say this right now, as much of a prospect as he might be and as exciting as he might be, I just don't want him solely for the fact that to use a word that I've seen someone use before, actually multiple people on Twitter, he'd be another Smurf. And as funny as that sounds, it's kind of true where the Bills had a bunch of Smurfs last year a bunch of small guys that were running around playing the slot and you're trying to advance from that and get more help on the outside. And yeah, maybe flowers has that flexibility, but if you're five, nine, I mean, your main role is going to be a slot player. You have Deontay Hardy, who's five, six Khalil Shakir, who is decent size, but not the tallest grape of the bunch. So I just don't know how I feel about Zay flowers because I feel like I would rather go with a Quentin Johnston in, in that scenario. Yeah, I think I would prefer Johnston a little bit more, just not in the first round. What I do like about Flowers, though, is his uh, contested catch rate this past season was uh, 50%. So even though he is standing at 5'9", 182 pounds, still on his shorter and smaller side, he is going up to catch these balls at good rate. Um, And he, you know, for... Ken Dorsey and his fascination with uh, speedy receivers. I do think Flowers does fit that mold too, running a 4 4 40 uh, at the combine. But like I said, I would still prefer someone on the bigger side than, you know, Zay Flowers. And I kind of agree with Bryce here. I think that we we have enough of the shorter, speedier guys. You need someone – people want to replace Gabe Davis, and they want to replace him with someone who's sort of a similar size. But ideally, you find someone who sort of has Gabe's size but is a bit quicker. 
somebody who can be the best of both worlds. He has the size to be a contested catch guy and play both outside and in the slot and also has sure hands and can make good route cuts. And I think that you can, if you don't find it early, you just got to like take wait until day three. I think that day two should, again, that should be where you take some of the other positions that you really need, like defensive tackle. You kind of, kind of just get the beef in that second and third round. Defensive well, that tackle, all goes back tackle. That all goes back to the value that we were talking about at the outset of the show, where maybe there's not the value that you would want in a first round wide receiver. And I see some people are talking about these guys in the comments, but two wide receivers who I think could be a sneaky option for the Bills and a couple of guys that I've been warming up to lately are A.T. Perry and Jonathan Mingo. What do you guys think about those two guys? Zach, you want to go first here? Sure. Um, Jonathan Mingo is the guy who I recently kind of popped up on my radar and I'm, I'm liking him. I think, like I said, you can find quality receivers in the fourth round, fifth round. Mingo would definitely be someone I target in the fourth round. And I've been seeing where he's climbing the charts now because he has a lot of upside where he could be maybe even a day two pick. That is true. If enough fan bases are talking about the same guy as a potential bargain on day three, then he won't be a potential bargain on day three. He'll end up going on day two. <laughs> Bryce, what do you what do you think about Mingo? Because, you know, just looking at his scouting report here, I'm just going to read a couple of the reasons to buy in and reasons for concern. So top reasons to buy in, run after the catchability, play strength and playmaking ability. And he has size. He's listed as 6'2", 225. So, I mean, that just jumps out to you right there. But then top reasons for concern, the ability to separate vertically, which really, I, that's not a concern for me. The Bills have enough of that vertical presence. They don't need another one. Yeah. Route mm -hmm. running, and can he catch the ball away from his body? And here's the thing. The ideal role for him is utilizing the slot slash jet motion handoffs. And again, this comes back to Dorsey, where he didn't know what to do with those guys last year. We didn't see those jet sweeps. We didn't see the trickery because they're saying that he doesn't have the speed to separate from his defenders vertically. But if you get him out in space, run after the catches where he can he can flash. So again, this comes down to Ken Dorsey. But I think this is a talent that would be very, very interesting. Yeah, I would love to have uh, Mingo in the fourth round, especially if you don't get someone earlier in the draft. Uh, and I don't think, you know, Ken Dorsey not being able to use him is going to be a huge problem because we didn't really have anyone last year that could, you know, fit that mold of a, of a you know, threat. Because McKenzie was slotted or starting in the slot. So, and in previous years when you had Cole Beasley, you had McKenzie taking those jet motions. So now, you know, if we can draft somebody, I think Dorsey might go back to that a little bit more. My issue is the route running, though, with him, because we've seen it before, you know, with Stefan Diggs, um, that, you know, Bills really do value uh, receivers route running. 
Yeah, and before we we move on here, I mean, man, already an hour and 36 minutes into the show, and I want to talk about a few other positions here. We're not going to do the whole draft tonight. I just want to go up through at least round four because, again, that is where our mock draft is. So I want to talk about a few other positions that fit up until round four, at least in terms of my eyes here. But before we do that, a couple of other wide receivers that I like, Rasheed Rice, I think that could be very interesting, and Jaden Reed. What do you guys think about those guys? Because just on the surface, um, with Rasheed Rice, he has ball skills, size, athleticism, an alpha mentality. He has that upside. But again, the the main concern here with him is that he has dropped passes before. So if you're looking for that Gabe Davis replacement, where if you couple Rasheed Rice and Cedric Tillman, you say, okay, both of these guys have size. They can go get that tough contested catch perfect replacement but Tillman has a limited route tree and Rasheed Rice has a problem with dropping passes at least based on the scouting reports of what they've seen in college again they can improve upon those in the NFL but knowing that those were the two things that Gabe struggled with the most so that's why it's just such a hard area to try to find the perfect replacement and before I let you guys jump in here I just want to say, I already mentioned his name, but Jaden Reed, I think it'd be interesting. He might not have the size. He's listed at 5'11", six foot on a good day, but they're saying he could be a Stefan Diggs type of receiver where he's very versatile and he kind of plays bigger than he is. He has speed. He can return punts and kicks. That could be a sneaky good option too. Probably like a mid, like a, a third round pick. Yeah, out of those two guys that you listed, uh, Rice is probably my favorite just because of his uh, size and uh, weight. And, excuse me, uh, his ball skills are fantastic. I think Buffalo kind of needs that more so now with, you know, Gabe Davis coming to a contract year. I think he can kind of take over his role a little bit. So planning for the future here with Gabe Davis's uh, contract is probably ideal. Zach, you have a preference for any of those two guys? Yeah, I think that, like Bryce said, if you're looking for a bigger receiver, then Rice would be your guy. But also, it's pretty t- it's hard to resist Jaden Reed because of the good things I've heard about him, and also the fact that you know people are. Getting Stefan Diggs vibes. We all love Diggs. Why not find another guy like him? And if he can, if a player can play bigger than his stature, I think that's okay too. So before we jump into um, the tight ends here, is there a certain one that sticks out between Cedric Tillman, Rasheed Rice, Jonathan Mingo, Jaden Reed, and A.T. Perry? Because I think all these guys have those those abilities when you do some research on them where you're just like, Ooh, this is really interesting. I could see him fitting in here. This is a great piece for the bills offense, but then they all have that one part about them where it's just like, Oh, he drops passes or, Oh, he doesn't run all the routes that we need or, Oh, he's a little bit undersized or, Oh, maybe the bills are going to be tempted to put him in the slot. So is there one that really stands out? Because to me, as much as I talked about a guy like Cedric Tillman, I mean, the more you look into it, the more you see these different abilities. And it, it, again, it's just tough. 
So I don't know if I have a lead candidate right now, but I think all of them are very, very interesting to say the least. Yeah, Mingo would probably be my favorite just because, you know, of his versatility. He can, you know, run these jet sweeps and can play wide receiver at a high rate. I think that would have to be my pick out of those, out of that bunch you listed. Zach, what are you thinking? I think I have to agree with Bryce. I think Mingo is my favorite of those guys. Okay. And, you know, as much as I said, I can't really choose one out of the group. I've been talking about Cedric Tillman, so I got to stay true to myself there. But aside from that, like I said, Mingo, I'll, I'll agree there. Um, and A.T. Perry, um, he's definitely growing on me too. So, okay. Jumping over to the tight ends now. What do you guys think about this position? Because I think going back to the whole assessing the value of different positions in different rounds, I'm thinking that round three, round four, specifically round four in terms of what I have in my mock draft coming out tomorrow, I think that could be where there's good value in getting a tight end because I don't want this to turn into another Tommy Sweeney where it's just like, ah, we'll take a flyer on someone late day three. Like I want there to be a proven guy with the track record. Do I want them to spend a first round pick on a tight end when we already have Dawson Knox? No. Like if you really like Darnell Washington and you just think that he is going to add an immediate boost to your offense and your blocking and your running game, maybe, but I, I just don't see that really fitting in right now when we talked about the linebacker and the wide receiver rooms. So again, I, I'm thinking tight end, Round three, round four. How do you guys see this? I like him. I would have to agree there, round three, round four. I do like wide receiver round four, so I might be leaning more towards state, uh, round three. Um, and if I had to choose between a tight end I like, it would probably be Cade Stover from Ohio State. He's not going to be the most athletic guy, but he doesn't shy away from... Uh, contact either he had 10 broken tackles on only uh 35 catches last season zach you got a guy that, that you like here for date for round three round four kind probably not like i said i feel like this tight end draft is pretty deep so there you're gonna have some quality prospects that you might be able to get I would say maybe Michigan's tight end Luke Schoonmaker, maybe round four, round five. Like he he isn't the you know the best receiving threat, but he is a plus plus uh it brings you a lot of benefit as a run blocker. And I'm, I'm gonna decent enough receiving ability where he could fill that opposite role that the Bills like to seem to prefer. In their tight end room, they prefer to have a receiving threat and a run blocker. I'm glad you brought that up, and I, I'm glad Roy said that too, because this is my lead candidate here, and I agree that I think he could be right around that round four spot because how I opened up the show, I was saying the best way to find a compliment to Dawson Knox is by finding someone who does the exact opposite. So when I was going through and trying to scout these guys, the first thing that they say about Luke Schoonmaker is that he is a willing and effective run blocker, and that is arguably his best trait. 
because he really wasn't an option in the passing game. I would have to double check, but I'm not even sure if he eclipsed 700 career receiving yards in his four years at Michigan. So this is mainly a block first tight end. And I think if you pair him with Dawson Knox, I don't want to say that's going to be like this new dynamic duo in terms of tight ends at the NFL level. But I think that's definitely an upgrade over Dawson Knox and Tommy Sweeney or Quentin Morris for that matter. Yeah, and I think it would be all right um, taking a blocking tight end early on in this draft just because you have Dawson Knox and Quentin Morris to be your uh, receiving tight ends, your pass catchers. Now another guy that could potentially be a fit, Tucker Kraft from South Dakota State. They're saying he could be like another Dex Goddard where he just has a lot of size and athleticism. But I think a guy like that, it seems like you would want to use him more in the passing game because if he has that length and that athleticism, you want to exploit the defense that way where he might not be a blocking first tight end. Um, And that's what they said that he's relied heavily upon in, well, they said in the passing game, but also the running game because of that strength. But I, I feel like if a guy like that has traits, an NFL team would want to tap into that potential and say, you know what? You're going to be part of our passing offense, like like a Dallas Goddard, you know, like, hmm, we're going to put you down the field and, and see what happens here. So I think Tucker Craft is definitely interesting, um, but he might not be there in round four. And if you're trying to fill linebacker, wide receiver, maybe defensive tackle, I think he might be gone by then. Same with Darnell Washington. He's probably one of, if not the best tight ends in the draft here. That's the thing with him. Blocking first tight end. He is physically imposing, has a ton of size. He can be used in pass protection, run blocking, whatever you need him to do. I think he's going to be gone, though. And again, would that be a reach in terms of your team's needs if you go try to get Darnell Washington? And just a couple other guys to round this out before we get to uh, defensive tackles before we round out the show here. Um, Sam Laporta from Iowa and Zach Kuntz from Old Dominion. Those could be options as well. But Laporta, they're saying that he's a sound route runner. Um, But here's a knock on him. Opponents play right through him. So when he's lining up to block, he doesn't have the best uh, sustainability where he might get pushed around a little bit. So that was something that stood out to me where it's just like, hmm, if the Bills want to get better in that regard, is Laporta really the guy for that? Um, Coons, he's 6'8", 245, and they're saying he's a mismatch nightmare where you're probably going to, like with Tucker Craft, you're probably going to want to use him in the passing game. So I'm not sure if he would be the best fit for the Bills. And then a couple of other guys, I've seen some people comment on here, Uh, Luke Musgrave and Dalton Kincaid. Again, I think they're going to be used more in the passing game. So I feel like someone like Schoonmaker would be great for the value and for what the Bills need. And like John says here, we don't use tight ends. So, yeah. I mean, like I I said earlier, it was a struggle enough to figure out how to use Dawson Knox last year. How are you going to figure out how to use two? So that's why I think if you have someone who is mainly here for run blocking, Knox is here for pass catching. I think that is the best recipe. No, I I do agree. We don't use tight end very much. Buffalo has tried to get uh, two tight ends going in years past, you know, 
uh, last year with O.J. Howard and Tyler Croft in previous years. They've tried to make it work, but they just haven't found the right guy to do it. So if you can find the right guy to make it happen in this year's draft, I don't see why you pass that up. Exactly. It's about finding the right guy. But don't try to shoehorn yourself into it if you can't. Yeah, don't force it. Well, that's a good spot to leave off. Now to round out the show here, defensive tackle. I think this is another interesting position as well. Someone that really has been standing out to me, and I know a lot of other people too, Mozzie Smith. What do you guys think about him? Because he is the one, if you've seen him on Twitter, where he does that stare lunge insanely fast, where he is, let me check here, 6'3", 326, but he does not move like it. He is forced to be reckoned with, and he is a proven run stuffer. I'm in favor of all beefy big boys in the middle that can push the Take tackle. Yep, exactly. EBB, beefy big boys. Exactly. There we go. Yes. <laughs> Bring them in. If you can get as many dominant interior defense alignment as possible, not obviously within reason, like, you're not going to take set six defensive tackles, but if you could get a Maisie Smith or a Siaki Ika, one of those guys who can be a long-term one tech, but also still play on the same line with Daquan Jones or play with Ed Oliver or rotate in, that would just, that would help you out immensely. And again, this now, is a guy that I've seen him rising on the charts where if I'm, the bills and i'm like okay we could potentially get a defensive tackle round two because going back to our wide receiver talk if they don't find the value in round one or even round two and they say how about we try jonathan mingo in round three or uh Jaden reed this could be that sweet spot for defensive tackles right at 59 but i don't know if mozzie smith is still going to be there then yeah my only knock on uh mozzie smith is you know for his uh from being six foot three, three hundred and thirty-seven pounds, he doesn't really affect the uh, quarterback much at all. Through four years, he's had twenty-three pressures on three hundred and sixty-eight pass rush uh, snaps. Yeah, I, I saw that too, and I was like, as great as it would be to have that run stuffer. Again, like with wide receiver, you're trying to find that all-around complete player. And speaking of that, that transitions into the next player that I want to talk about here, Jervon Bister, where I was thinking, okay, this could be an interesting prospect. He's got size, speed, athleticism, 6'5", 318. But here's the main thing with him. They're saying that he has effort issues where he looks great sometimes, he shows flashes, but then he disappears. And who do we know that is also like that? Should I say it? Say it. <laughs> I think we all know. <laughs> At Oliver. Now, Dexter has more size than Oliver, but are you really going to want to draft a guy that has apparently effort concerns? That does not scream process right there. So to me, like that's an immediate cross off on my list. Like, nope, no, thank you. Thanks for playing. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not interested in drafting him at all. Now, I'm glad John brought these guys up because these are arguably my two favorite defensive tackles. Aside from Mozzie Smith, 
going with guys who I think could not only fit the Bills defense, but also fit the value in terms of where they're picking. I've talked about Ika before, and you know, going back to what I said about Jack Campbell being able to diagnose those blockers coming at him and not get eaten up. Well, that was the thing with Ika, where he is at Space Eater and he clogs those lanes. Well, he 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 clears the lanes. He clogs them up in terms of the offensive linemen. He takes on the blockers, but he clears the lanes for the linebackers behind him. So I think Ika could be a very interesting pick. And Keanu Benton, too, from Wisconsin, he is another interesting piece. Um, they're describing him as one of the best run-stuffing nose tackles. He has size, length, and brute strength. But similar to what we've talked about, the pass rush value remains limited. But if you have someone that has size and length and strength, Maybe you could tap into some of that potential and, and be able to work with him a little bit. But here's the thing. Let's not forget the Bills have drafted defensive linemen early, and this can go back to conversations that we had back in February, whether Eric Washington is doing that good of a job of developing these guys or not. So if you want to really turn this guy into a pass rusher and get to the quarterback, I'm not sure if this is the one that you want to go after, but I, I do really like Benton, and I think that the Bills could definitely be in play for him. Yeah, I think either of those two guys, Benton or Ika, would do well in the Bills' defensive line rotation. Yeah, Ika would probably be my favorite out of those two just because of his uh, pass rushing ability. 51 pressures in two years at Baylor after he transferred from LSU is just fantastic, especially for his size at 6'4", 358. Well, don't forget he lost 20 pounds, but I mean, still 338. That's, that's still pretty sizable. Still beefy. <laughs> big beefy boys, big baller bean. <laughs> Draft the beef and re-sign Oliver. I'm hmm. good with letting Oliver walk. Yeah. If he wants, you know, that's something we really haven't mentioned yet with Jeffrey Simmons getting that big contract extension, you know, at Oliver's eyes were lighting up. And my only issue with that is he hasn't produced at the same level at all as Jeffrey Simmons has. You know, when, unless we play Dallas, you know, 17 weeks out of the year, Ed Oliver's not doing anything at all. Or Thanksgiving. You know, yeah, or Thanksgiving when he has uh, three sacks every year. Now, one last um, defensive tackle that I want to I wanna throw on here. Yeah, only DT worth resigning is Daquan. Um, Zach Pickens. Zach Vaughn. I'm going to ask you about Zach Pickens because he <laughs> spells his name with two C's. Do you have any thoughts on Zach Pickens? Because this could be an interesting option where maybe the Bills miss out on some of these guys that we've been talking about, but he might be there in round four, maybe even round five. Yeah, I mean, I don't really – know enough about him i'll have to i'll have to look into him but i don't know enough about him to discuss him basically uh what i gathered from him is again he has athleticism he's got quick hand speed to win the point of attack he uses power and strength in the running game but he struggles against double teams so that that was a knock there where if you're trying to get that space eater to clog up you know, the, the middle of the field there and let Jack Campbell roam around free or whoever 
is playing that Mike linebacker position. I'm not sure if, if Zach Pickens would necessarily be the guy. He's listed at 6'4", 305. So, I mean, yeah, he's over 300 pounds, but... Still on the smaller side for how tall he is. Yeah, so, I mean, that could be an in- interesting discussion to have here, too, real quick. Um, what kind of size are we looking for here? Like, do we need someone like an Ika who's going to be 340, 350? Or can we get by with a 300-pounder or someone in the middle? Like, how, how do you guys see this in terms of weight and size? Well, I would say that I would be looking for DT that's over 300 pounds. And I think, didn't uh, Pickens weigh in at the combine at like 291 or something? Yeah, uh, Draft Network has him listed at 6'4", 291. So he's probably going to have to gain a few pounds before his season. Yeah. And like Benton, even though initially he was like 6'4", 315, he weighed in at the combine at 309, so he did lose a few pounds, but he's still, you know, still big enough where, and he has that, you know, those up the upside going into it. And like you said, Ika lost 20 some pounds in the draft process, so but he's still big and beefy. I'm just saying I wouldn't want to go for one of those undersized defensive tackles like Pickens, like Ed Oliver, like Dexter. Well, for what it's worth, Daquan Jones is 317 pounds and Star Latulale was 311. So just to put into perspective of the size that we're looking for here, I would say based off of that, you're looking for a guy who is at least 310 pounds. Would you guys agree? I would say so, yeah, just if we're going to play that superlative game. Okay, and one, one final question here for you guys as we finish out the show for tonight. Do you have any prospects in mind for defensive end? Because I'll be completely honest, I have not really looked into these guys yet. I know the big names, but I haven't really looked into it to the point where you can say, oh, this guy could be a steal in round three because, again, I, I listed it as a need, but I just feel like there are other pressing needs to – want to address before getting that edge rusher where I'm thinking this could be a day three piece where I'm going to be doing more work this week, going into next week as we get ready for round five of the mock draft, get ready for the show next week. But I just feel like edge rusher could be a day three pick, but again, you don't want to undervalue it because it is important if Vaughn isn't coming back until let's just say October, November. Personally, I would still sign someone like a Melvin Ingram. So I'm probably a little bit biased here. That's why I haven't been really going hard on trying to find that edge rusher, coupled that with the fact of being tired of wasting those high picks over the last couple of years. So if anything, I see a day three edge rusher. Would you guys agree? And then do you have any names that we could throw out there? Yeah, I think, like you said, this is a position where it's we ha- like I haven't done that much research into it either, mostly because I just figured they would run it back with the same group that they have. Maybe the exception being signing uh, signing Melvin Ingram on May third. <laughs> that would probably be the one addition I would make that would be different from the group we had last year because I don't think it was that big an issue. I did notice Johnny Blaze brought up. The one guy I think I know a lot about, and that's Andre Carter, and that's because I follow Army football. And, like, 
the thing with him, he had a tremendous sophomore season last year, the year before last year. And, like, he was, like, I think he led the nation or was second in the nation in sacks. But, and he had first-round pick hype heading into this year. But then he kind of dropped off a bit. He only had three and a half sacks, seven TFLs, four quarterback hits this past season. And, like, he has a lot of potential. He has the raw potential. But it's just not as refined as I think a lot of people would like. And, like, obviously, I think when the when the Senior Bowl happened, there was that one rep of him going up against, was it Cody Mock? Where he kind of just, like, pancaked him or whatever that kind of went around. Andre Carter could very well be a day three guy. I like him as a player, but I just don't see him being a fit for the Bills. I think he'd probably be more of a 3-4 edge rusher than anything. But, and then uh, Roy says Will McDonald. After that, it's a crapshoot. And again, I, I I will be completely honest. I don't want to be one of these guys who's going to sit up here and say, "Oh, like I know about this guy. I've watched so much film on him." Like I'll be honest. Like no, I haven't. I haven't looked into it. So, um, do you guys know anything about Will McDonald? I don't know. I don't know too much about him, but I have heard some good things. And then uh, Sophia, real quick, says CNN says OBJ to the Ravens. Yes, we talked about that at the beginning of the show. If you want to go back and watch this again, this is recording, so you can go back and watch the playback option. And I guess just to round out the show here tonight, guys, the way I see it is I'm kind of locked in, and I want to say that with caution because, again, best player available, you don't want to necessarily lock yourself in, but I'm definitely leaning towards linebacker round one, and then wide receiver, defensive tackle, interchangeable between rounds two and three, and then a tight end round four. And then you worry about offensive line on day three because judging by what the Bills normally do, that's how they normally do it with offensive line on day three. I know we didn't really talk about tackles, so I guess just one final question here. Do you see a tackle being in the mix. And I know we kind of already talked about this, but like Matthew Bergeron round three, or I mentioned at the beginning of this, Darnell Wright is on a visit with the bills. Um, so like, how does your top four go position wise for the, for the bills here? Mine would probably have to be linebacker, uh, tackle safety and wide receiver. I would go linebacker you say tackle yeah offensive tackle offensive tackle yeah then safety and wide receiver receiver. and then zach what are are yours i would say linebacker defensive tackle offensive tackle wide receiver okay so i mean we're pretty similar um what what was the main difference of mine defensive tackle right you said offensive tackle me, yeah. I, mean, I had defensive tackle second. I don't know if you had. Oh, yeah, no, yes, yes. Yeah, linebacker, points. defensive tackle, wide receiver, and what was your fourth? I said offensive tackle third and then wide receiver fourth. But... Oh, that, that was the one difference. I, I have a tight end. You have an offensive tackle. 
So, I mean, yeah, we're, we're pretty similar here in terms of what the Bills are doing, but I think that's a good spot to leave it at where, again, we're going to have round four of the mock draft coming out tomorrow on thebuffalofanatics.com, and Zach is actually going on vacation starting tomorrow. So I will be doing most, if not all, of the editing this week. And then Zach will not be here for the show. Um, Bryce will be here. We'll see if we can get any of our other writers on it. And I'm also working on bringing in a guest or two. So stay tuned for that as we are ramping things up as we get closer to the draft. Going to start looking at some mock drafts. I mean, we've been doing mock drafts, but I definitely want to start doing more of those and putting them on the screen for you guys to see here. So um, with that, do you guys have anything to say, anything to plug? Bryce, you working on anything right now? Uh, not at the moment. No, I'm still trying to come up with an article to write. And Zach, you got any uh, final words before you hit the dusty trail? Just that we're getting a little closer to draft day. So obviously we're going to have a couple more mock draft Mondays before then. And enjoy next week because I will be out of town on my spring break. <laughs> What part of Florida are you going to? Um, I'm not sure where we're going. I think it's near like Sarasota or something. You're just going to drive and wherever the breeze takes you. Yep. Flying down, going to wherever it is. <laughs> Put my phone and do not disturb. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, with that, thank you guys for joining me. Thank you for everyone who watched tonight and commented along. Again, this is a writer's club on the Buffalo Fanatics. Streaming live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch. Can't forget about Twitch. So if you guys want to go back and watch, uh, we will have all this ready for you to go do that. Maybe we'll clip some stuff up, put that out there throughout the week, and just uh, stay tuned for the Monday mock drafts and all of our articles. So with that, Kevin Syracuse, Zach Vaughn, and Bryce Martino, have a good rest of your evening. Happy Easter again. And, of course, go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills. you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. 
When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.